Hey, hey, what is up, everybody? Doing a quick podcast here. I'm live on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn right now. Maybe Twitch, not 100% sure. Um, so I said something was going wrong with that, but whatever. We're here, we're live, we're doing a podcast. Um, if you are jumping on, if you have a question for me, um, want some advice or tips on home design, floor plan, the home building process. I am here for you, here to answer some questions. Um, and for those of you that don't know, a few more days left. I'm doing a fundraiser right now for By the Hand. It's a kids club out of Chicago. They do some awesome, awesome stuff. Look them up. But the um, charity drive right now is if you make a donation to that charity and then you can message me on instagram or via my website i will then review your floor plan for you on tiktok and post it um so let me know um hit me up all right i was gonna talk a little bit about um aging in place home design um or accessibility um so i, I think there's some clients that um, getting up there in age, know this is going to be their last home, their last home they ever build. Um, and they want to, they want to think of everything or there are people that already have a disability, um, and know they need to accommodate that in the floor plan. So I'm just going to mention a few things that I think you really should look out for if you want to, um, accomplish this in your build. And, um, yeah, I would say the more people should be thinking about it than not like nobody wants anything tragic to happen like god forbid that would be that would be horrible but i i would say like it you know you never plan for it and then it happens and and it might be nice to have your home designed around it and there's not too too much you need to do um to design in a way that helps you with the accessibility stuff okay so let's start with the easy things first and foremost probably the easiest is just three foot doors um 36 inch doors everywhere inside and out um mainly your primary bathroom and any entrance to the home um and then any um the primary bedroom as well you know those are the laundry room those are really core areas i would make sure to have three foot i i would recommend doing that stuff in most every build unless you're sure you don't want to um but that's where i would start and then so i've got a um builder friend of mine who does a lot of the accessibility design and he really recommends pocket doors because especially as you're in those smaller spaces like like bathrooms you might not have the freedom or room to get behind a door and shut it as you as you as you think you would so a pocket door is really nice because just open or close it's always out of the way um so you don't need to worry about that. I would add a little floor area next to um, all your baths and toilets. Don't try and cram that stuff in on a design if you can avoid it. Um, and then one last thing I would say on that is, um, so a big concern with accessibility is the floor height. So relative to either, either the garage floor or like the front yard. Um, the easiest and simplest way is to build a slab on grade home. Um, so what a slab on grade is, is your, um, like the main floor is a concrete slab that's directly on ground. Um, 
And usually in that scenario, um, you're only about four to eight inches up from grade anyway by your front door um, and or garage. So you, you can actually slope some stuff so you can get like you can slope the garage floor so you can get like completely zero entry and all that. That's an easy way, but it doesn't always work that easily. Um, slab on grade is kind of tricky to do on um land that slopes a lot so like if you have a lot a home site that is designed or best suited for like a daylight basement or a walkout basement it's going to be hard to do a slab on grade there it's going to be really really expensive to um bring in the amount of fill you would need to keep your slab that far off of where the existing grade might be those of you watching on video can see my cool hand motions that i'm doing here um sorry for you future listeners in the podcast you'll just have to imagine it um so i um sorry got myself distracted there so um if you have a daylight basement or a walkout, hard to do slab on grade. So there, there's a couple things you can do to get close to a zero entry home. Um, the first and probably easiest, the reason it's not, let me describe this really quick. The reason it's not zero entry is um, typically on the top of the foundation wall, you have a mud sill and then you have your floor joist on top of that. And then you have your subfloor. So at a minimum, that's you know 12 to 15 inches and can be anywhere up to two feet if you're doing floor trusses or things like that. Um, so I would say um, at a minimum, you're two, three steps into it, the conventional fr framed home. It could be even more. Um, so to get rid of that, one thing you can do if you're doing floor trusses you can do a top cord bearing truss. So you imagine the truss has two big two by fours that go on the top and bottom of it. Typically that truss sits on the, the bottom two by four sits on the wall. Um, well, trusses can be designed in a way where the top two by four sits on the wall. The downside of that is those trusses will then stick into your basement head height. So your basement will actually feel a little shorter. Um, so, I would caution you on that. If you're going to do something like that, maybe think about a taller foundation wall, nine foot, maybe 10 foot. Um, the second is like it. Instead of doing a top cord bearing, um, you could do, you know, a um, what would be like a reverse brick ledge, I'll call it, um, where you actually the foundation walls have a form where the brick ledge is inset inside of it and then your floor joists sit in that notch in the foundation wall so then the the top of the um floor joist is right at the top of foundation or near the top of foundation so that minimizes your steps into the home again you're losing height in the basement so think about a taller wall there um you could also use joist hangers to hanger those joists off of the foundation wall um and bring that down. So again, you have left steps into the home. Um, those are all things I would consider if you're going, um, going that route. I just had somebody in the comments say, say pineapple. Um, I did it. There's a pineapple. Um, very cool. Um, so accessibility, I think those are the um, the door sizes, pocket doors, um, and then minimizing the steps in the home are probably something really key. Um, 
I would consider in designing that. So let's see here. Anybody join in? Um, got any questions for me? Anybody on the TikTok side? I'm pulling up some questions here. Again, just great podcasting to just pull up questions in the middle of an episode. Um, but hey, it's cool. Hi from Houston. How's it going, Houston? Warm there this time of year? Um, let's see here. Um, something I've been talking about a lot with clients lately. Oh, I did want to add one more thing to accessibility. Um, for accessibility, I think it's not crazy to think about a, an, a residential elevator or a future elevator. I'm doing a few plans where we're not doing the elevator now, just roughing in the space for it. Um, that space will then turn into a closet on both floors. So it's nice walk-in closet. You can use it whenever, but um, structurally everything will be easy to take out if you wanted to put an elevator shaft in. I think that's, if you have a basement, I mean, you know, people with accessibility concerns aren't dying to have basement design. Um, but I, I would say that if you have a basement and you know, an elevator shaft is, is something, um, is something I would consider how much money salary should I be making if I want to hire an architect or residential designer for like a general house, nothing super custom. Um, good question. I don't know that it dictates too, too much on your salary. I think it's more just how custom you want to go with the floor plan. Um, if you have a builder in your area that is building a home that you like and, um, you know, you can roughly tweak the features and finishes, like you could go straight to a builder and not, and not necessarily hire an architect or design though. The builder has already hired an architect or home designer, I should say. And they've got that stuff pretty well dialed in. So I don't know that you need to spend a fortune on it. If you do want something custom, um, you know, you're at minimum a, a few thousand dollars for a plan and it can go way up. Uh, there's virtually no ceiling on that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would say um, plan for that if you want to go something a little more custom. Um, uh, I get this question a lot as well. Any recommended app to do basic design? I'm a general contractor, high end areas. Um, so I would say basic floor plan design. SketchUp is probably the best I've used. It's free. Um, and, you know, you can learn it relatively easily. Um, there are good videos out there, I'm sure, on YouTube and stuff to, to pick it up. It can be a little finicky at times. So, um, but if you're wanting to just like lay out a room, throw some furniture in it to show a client that, hey, this is this is what 17 by 19 feels like. We got a couch in here. We have a coffee table. Um, here's how much your fireplace is gonna is gonna stick out. I would say, yeah, that's a that's probably a a good perspective. Um, another question here: What percent does the lot usually account for in the total home price? Um, running math backwards in the area I'm in, it's hard to get a lot for under a hundred now. I mean, there's still some, so 80 to 150 
four lots and the homes I'm designing are between 500,000 and a million. So um, could probably run the math backward on that. Um, should I start with a house layout first and work on the exterior or the other way around? Again, great question. Um, I've actually done both and it really, it re for me, it really depends on the client. Like I think at the core, you really want to have dialed in your, your kitchen, great room, main eating area. Like that's where most people spend most of the, their time. If that, that's not where you spend most of your time. Dial in the area that you spend most of your time. Um, and then how I, I try to assess with clients through this process, how important is the exterior to them? And that's, that's how heavy I will weigh the exterior design, how quickly I'll get to the exterior design in the design process. Right? So there's some clients where I meet with and the first thing out of their mouth is like, Oh, I love this picture on Pinterest or house or wherever we like the home has to look like this. And if that's an exterior picture, like I'm designing around the exterior pretty much like that's how my design process is going to go. But if in that first meeting, the things that I'm sensing are really important to them or more layout and features and finishes, um, I, I would work on the layout first. And I think there are ways to make just about any home design have, I'm not going to say just about any style, but it is relatively, it's, it's surprisingly easy to tweak the exterior style based on the, the footprint. Um, so there, like a good form will lend itself to multiple home design styles. So you want a good form for the structure laid out. Um, looking through questions again. What advice would you give a senior in high school that wants to be an architect? What can I do now? Um, if learn some software on YouTube or wherever um, and start drawing stuff. Um, most either builders or architecture firms I know are way backed up on drawing. So if you actually knew the software, you could probably get a job in the next summer or two um, and figure out if you like it. Um, that would be my advice to anyone is just do it a lot. Um, home design, it's, it's tricky in how you get from, I think most people can draw a layout and kind of think about like, especially that main floor, how they want to live. And then fleshing that out into this 3D structure gets really tricky when you start to think about how the roof lines work and, and everything. And so that only gets there by doing it a lot and making a lot of mistakes in it. Um, so I would say like draw houses, get them in front of people that, um, know the industry and will give you some real feedback on it of whether or not the house is good and um how it looks and and all that um what's your personal favorite style of house roof line exterior materials finish trim work etc um i'm loving the i don't know what you'd call it but the simple modern trend lower roof lines um lots of black with natural wood materials. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, like I'm designing a lot of what I really like lately. Um, so I, I think I would, I would probably say something in that vein. Um, 
probably be pretty small. I actually have a lot more fun. Not a lot more. That's not fair. Um, but I have a, so much fun. And I feel like the smaller homes are almost more rewarding in design because the puzzle is just that much trickier. Like you can't waste any inch. You have to think about it all and really, really dial it in. Um, yeah. What software do you recommend for blueprints and 3D? Um, so I still use AutoCAD. I get a little <laughs> flack from that for the from the TikTok community that I haven't switched to Revit yet. I'm working on Revit. I'm doing some plans on Revit. I do really like Revit. Um, I do a lot of schematic work though, and that's most of what I do. Um, I, I actually outsource some of the construction documents and stuff where Revit really speeds up. AutoCAD is great for the schematic work because it's so light. You're just dealing with lines and moving lines around. So if somebody wants to move a room or move the staircase and has this giant sweeping change to a floor plan, when it's still light in AutoCAD, it's really easy to do and it's easy to do quickly. Um, so that's where I like, uh, I know this is probably a bad habit, but I actually got like my creative flow is in AutoCAD. I don't ever like hand draw anything. It's just straight to AutoCAD. That's where like my brain operates in. Um, so I think it's still a great software if you want to do a blueprint set. If you want to go to 3D, Revit is a lot cleaner transition. So um, some of like the interior stuff I've done, like a 3D, I did a 3D VR walkthrough recently. And um, that was, we built a Revit model and then we used Enscape to export it. And so Enscape renders it and you can put the VR goggles on and walk around like it's a level in a video game. Really, really cool. So if you want to go 3D, I would go that route. I've heard good things about Chief Ar Architect. I've got some um, colleagues and friends in the industry that use it, really love it. I've never, I've never touched it though. So can't really comment too much on that. But for 3D, that's the two main ones I've heard are Revit and Chief Architect. Pros versus cons of newer style contemporary roofs, flat and sloped for the Midwest area. Um, yeah, that's one thing that's really tricky with this the the new wave of design of getting the the low slope and no slope roofs is um, most residential builders aren't super set up to do a flat roof system because it's more of a commercial system. So traditionally, there weren't any you know. Any builder can get someone to do a flat roof membrane, but it's just, it's a different process. It's probably a different contract as a different subcontractor than your normal roofing contractor. And, and so it's, it's tricky. You're probably price wise going to pay more, um, than what it's actually worth just slightly because, because of that, because it's not really the norm in residential construction. Um, I would say, uh, I would lean toward a sloped roof in my personal home just because gravity always works. And so if you don't have gravity on your side, it's against you. <laughs> so if you have a flat roof, yeah, I know those are pitched, but you're going to have snow sitting up there all year. And as it's melting, I just imagine they're, you know, long-term, you live in there for 20 years. Is that really um, going to hold up? You know, it's, it's tough to say, but um I like my roofs to have a pitch. Um, depending on this shingle manufacturer, um, you can't go super low in slopes with a pitched roof. So um, 
they usually bottom out at a, like a 312 or 412 pitch is the lowest slope you can do with like conventional shingles. You go any lower than that and you have to do a metal roof system. Um, so metal roof is a lot more expensive. They're so cool. They look awesome, but you will pay for them. Um, they're pricey. what is the average price for a custom plan is it based on square footage. So most designers and architects do based on square footage. Um, even if they don't advertise it or tell you, they probably have a factor in their head of, I charge X dollars a square foot. I don't, I do a flat fee. Um, cause this is a podcast staying up forever. I'll, if you are very curious, send me a message. I'll shoot you my current pricing. Um, but yeah, I, I would say in the industry, it ranges from, uh, you know, depending on your market and where you are, a few grand to, like I said earlier, could be, there's no ceiling on it. <laughs> so you, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, um, depending on who's designing it and what they're designing for. So anybody else? Did I hit and did I miss anybody's questions in here? I think I got to most of them. Got to most of them. Sure, that's why you're all tuned in, so you can hear me sing. I'm not a singer. I, I enjoy singing, but um, how do I get a floor plan of my current home? Um, you can hire an architect or drafter to do a site measure, and they'll reproduce the floor plan for you. Um, if you're really ambitious and want to do like SketchUp, just buy a little Bosch laser. They're like a hundred bucks. Um, it's the coolest tool. They're, they're so fun to just, <laughs> it feels like a Jedi as you're walking around. Um, so yeah, you can just measure all the rooms and draw it out yourself. If that's what you want to do, that's all the architect or, or drafter is going to do anyway. Um, you might get a little bit more detailed drawing. Um, if you hire someone to do it, uh, it could be really helpful if you're, you're thinking of a remodel or something in the future. Nice to have. Um, yeah, then that's it. If you do a remodel, that's the first step in all remodels. Um, a good architect or designer will not trust um, the old plans that you had from 30 years ago. You know, they will want to re remeasure everything anyway. Anything I'm wanting to try that I haven't gotten the chance to yet? Ooh, that is a great question. Oh, man. I'm going to have to think about that one. Um, there's a, a couple design styles. Oh, for those of you that I'm follow me on TikTok, the one of the the floating stair right as you walk in, nobody's done that yet. Um, so we pitched it to one buyer, they didn't like it, and then they wanted the stairs in different, totally different locations. So it didn't work out. We ended up pivoting and moving all that around. But I really want to do that idea. So you walk in, floating stair right as you walk in, like it's really just kind of takes up all of your sight lines. And behind that is some accent wall, either that's like a natural wood material or, you know, a painted brick, something. I don't know. haven't really wrapped my head around all that yet, but we haven't gotten that far in design either. So um, I'd say something like that would be really, really fun. I saw a builder do um, a like U-shaped staircase off of the great room and then hid like a, I think it was a fireplace in the middle going up and down. I think stuff like that is so cool. Um, your opinion on barn dominiums. I think it's a, it's a neat way to get a structure out there. And for some areas of the country, you know, that 
don't need a basement or a basement isn't the the best route. I, I think it's it can be really solid. I, at the end of the day, you're probably gonna you know you'll end up with a cool home that's different than what you traditionally. Uh, typically, a barn dominium is a post and beam structure that you just then finish the inside like a home. So from the exterior, it's probably going to look a little more barn like. Um, just that's the nature of that type of construction. Um, but I think that's what you want. If you're going for a barn dominium, I think there can be some really, really cool ones. Um, your biggest pet peeve from new clients. Um, I wouldn't say this is a pet peeve, but everybody says this and I don't know how to make it stop. <laughs> Everybody's like, Oh, we're probably the worst. We're probably your worst clients. And usually they're not. People have a lot of things that they want in their home. And to make those comments and have like 25 things in an email that are changes, like that's kind of normal. Um, especially like with a really custom design where, you know, we're talking in circles and lines the first meeting. And then the, the second meeting is the first time you've really seen a floor plan. There's going to be a lot of changes. Like that's not you being a bad client. That's just the part of the process. Um, but I do chuckle a little bit inside every time somebody says that because it's just, you know, part of the part of the process. I, I think people don't want to be that bad client. So they're like saying it in hopes that they're like, they're not in hopes that I'll laugh and be like, no, actually you are. Uh, <laughs> so, but most of the time, um, people are awesome and it's, uh, really, um, not a big deal to make changes, especially like this might be your dream home or the last home you ever build. Like, I want to get it right. So don't, don't be shy about commenting on things. What is the one style you feel you bring into your designs from your, from your background? Where are you from? Um, so I grew up in Valparaiso, Indiana. Um, my grandpa was a builder and designed all his homes by hand. Um, I still have some of his old hand tools on my desk back there. Um, I don't really use them very much, but it's kind of cool just to have out for, um, so he then taught my dad the industry, um, who I then worked for and learned a ton from. Um, but my grandpa built in the, um, fifties and sixties and seventies. So I have such an affinity for, um, and they're just, America is filled with these homes of like the, the simple ranch, the simple ranch home, the single level, that's like 1400 square feet, all hipped roofs. Um, it's got a nice stonework on the front. I just love those homes. Um, and it makes me so happy when clients want to go that direction. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a fun one. So I'm working on some projects to design and sell some plans like that. So follow along. You might be able to get one in the future. All right. Well, it is almost dinner time on my end. I'm probably going to shut down the chat, the live stream, unless anybody has any final thoughts. Um, yeah. Thank you all for jumping on and your good questions. I hope I helped some people out. And um, if you have anything else, let me know. You can always hit me up on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, it's either my name, Adam Steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R, Burnham Design Co., B-I-R-N-A-M. Uh, my handle is at Burnham Design Co. for most of those. Um, I would love to hear from you. 
Thanks again for jumping on and I will talk to you soon.